I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Wall Street's attention will turn to Chicago as the annual meeting of the American Society of Clinical Oncology runs from May 29th to June 2nd. Some 5,000 abstracts became available mid-month, and investors have been sifting through them to gain insights into which drug makers will rise and fall on news from the meeting. We spoke to Adam Feuerstein, senior columnist for TheStreet.com, about ASCO 2015, what the early abstracts say, and who will likely be making headlines at the meeting this year. Adam, thanks for joining us. Hey, Danny. It's good to be here. As you get ready to head off Chicago for the ASCO annual meeting, it it seems like it's going to be a busy year. More than 5,000 abstracts have already been released, and several ones of high interest are still to come. Before we jump into individual companies and drugs, how do you find keeping up with the sheer volume of data this year, and, and how has it changed over the 15 years you've been attending the meeting? Yeah, I'm like an ASCO veteran. I'm like an old-timer. Um, they should give me a walker to help get around that place. Um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 you're right. I mean, you know, the complexity of the data, the complexity of the science has increased over the time, you know, the time that I've covered ASCO, you know, the amount of data that's presented and discussed has, has grown. So it, it is, it's, it's overwhelming. I mean, you really, you know, it's funny, you, you, you can't, you know, it's, you can't look at it all. It's like, you know, you, it's like going to the Louvre, you know, you can't, you can't go to, let's say, to go to the Louvre and you're going to see every piece of art. And you can't do that at ASCO either. You can't see every, every drug. Um, so you sort of have to pick and choose sort of what, you know, what's important to you. Well, immunotherapy has been a, an area of buzz for the past few years, and that's expected to continue. Merck's Keytruda and Bristol-Myers Squibb's Oviedo uh, already approved have new data coming out. What are the compelling results you're going to be watching for with these drugs and new indications? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, so you know, for the past several ASCOs, you know, the checkpoint inhibitors, you know, the PD-1 inhibitors uh, have, have kind of dominated the meeting. And, and, and this year, you know, you're going to see a lot of that. Uh, you're going to see that happen again. I think the difference this year is, you know, the past meetings, we've sort of focused on melanoma. You know, kind of as the uh, sort of what was the was the first indication where we saw the efficacy of these checkpoint inhibitors, and now we're we're starting to see it in lung. and And I think you know, this meeting you're going to start seeing a, a lot of data uh, in in a in a, in a broader swath of of cancers. Um, you know, you're going to see some data in head and neck. You're going to see some data in ovarian. You're going to see some data in liver. Um, and I think what's interesting, the way I look at it, perspective wise, is you think about like a drug like a Vastin, which you know, a groundbreaking cancer drug and, and probably most the most widely used uh, targeted therapy across, about, I think, about six different indications in solid tumors. Um, and I think what you're, one thing you're going to kind of see out of this ASCO meeting is you're going to see sort of the, what's taking shape is, these, is the checkpoint inhibitors are going to eventually be approved in, 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 in as many cancer indications as Avastin is, maybe even more. And I think that's kind of a big takeaway message. Well, there is a fair bit of new competition heading their way. What results from potential competitors to Keytruda and Avito do you think are going to be the most compelling and worth watching? 
Well, you know, I mean, Roche, you know, you know, Roche obviously is a big powerhouse, and and they've got their PDL one inhibitor, uh, which is in a. I mean, I can't. I don't. Even, I've lost track of how many phase three studies that that's being run. You know, there's going to be some data in lung cancer that's going to be highly anticipated uh, presented at the meeting. You know, AstraZeneca has got a PD one inhibitor, so maybe you know that's kind of one of the differences between these drugs and and something like Avastin, where sort of Avastin kind of stood on its own. Uh, and and here you get you have all these checkpoint inhibitors, um, and so far the data really look very similar. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see sort of how the drugs differentiate from each other. You know, one of the things that's kind of the trending now is uh, you know the use of biomarkers. You know, is is there a way to to look at the genetic signatures of these cancers to determine in advance which patients are going to respond uh, better than others? And and that may be one way that uh, some of these PD one inhibitors, checkpoint inhibitors, uh, differentiate. Uh, differentiate from each other. Well, there are some showdowns of sorts that will be playing out at ASCO. In, in the area of lung cancer, there's been ongoing competition between Clovis Oncology and AstraZeneca. Both will be presenting data back-to-back. How do you expect this to play out at ASCO? Yeah, I mean, the, the, I think the most the, the, the new data we'll probably get, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much new data we're going to get from AstraZeneca because they just presented and updated results um, in the, I guess it was the fall. Um, but uh, we will get new updated results from Clovis's uh, lung cancer drug. So again, uh, you're right. It's a, it's kind of a competitive battle between the two companies. You know, they're basically they mostly said they're going to file at the FDA uh, around the same time. So people are definitely sort of making that kind of head-to-head comparison, looking at the two drugs, which is better. Um, and so we'll, we'll get a lot of that. Um, we'll get a lot of that this weekend. Well, in the area of breast cancer, investors will be watching to see how Puma does versus Oncothyrin. Any thoughts on those two? Yeah, you know, um, uh, Puma is, you know, a bit of controversial drug, uh, you know, looking at their drug, Neratinib, in sort of the extended adjuvant setting. Um, you know, I think the, the controversy there is kind of from a stock standpoint in that, you know, company uh, investors expect that company to, or want that company to be sold. Um, and it's a, you know, it's a relatively expensive company right now uh, because there is this anticipation that it will be sold. But you know, the the question is whether neratinib, you know, provides enough benefit to uh, to breast cancer patients that hurt two positive breast cancer patients in that extended adjuvant setting to sort of to warrant the, the market valuation of Puma. And then Oncothyrion has a you know has kind of a as a competing. I guess a competing uh, HER2 uh, breast cancer drug. And you look at the disparity in market value, I think, you know, Oncothyrion, I think their market cap is, you know, in the three $400 million range. So versus Puma's, you know, $6 billion. So, uh, you know, the Oncothyrion's drug is, is much earlier stage. Uh, we're going to get some data at the meeting that we'll get a chance to sort of kick the tires at and, and, and look at see what the prospects are there. Well, also in the area of breast cancer, there's going to be late-stage trial results for Pfizer's Ibrance, which won accelerated approval earlier this year based on mid-stage data. How much is at stake for Pfizer, and, and will the focus be on overall survival? Yeah, I think it will be. You know, obviously, you know, you they sort of got that accelerated early approval, and now, you know, these, these larger studies will be coming out to kind of see what the real benefit is. Uh, and yeah, that, I think that data is coming out over the weekend, so we'll get a chance to see that. The IPO market was quite excited by the CAR-T stocks, Juno, Kite, Bellicom. Investor enthusiasm has cooled a bit, but will ASCO reignite them? There's not a ton of um, – I don't think that there's a ton of data, a new data, significant data at this year's ASCO. You know, mainly because ASCO is – you know, ASCO focuses mostly on solid tumors. And so where we've seen most of the excitement and, and most of the, you know, the real – dramatic results with the CAR T therapies has been in in the blood cancers, the hematological stuff. So 
Uh, I think it's still kind of unclear as kind of what role the CAR T therapies will play in solid tumors. Obviously, the companies are working to develop those therapies in solid tumors, but it's really early days. And at this meeting, I don't think you're going to see much that's going to kind of change opinion. You've expressed some interest in Celdex Therapeutics cancer vaccine, Intiga. There's going to be results released on the vaccine in recurrent brain tumors. What are you going to be watching here, and what do you find compelling? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty important data for Celdex. Um, so last fall, the company released uh, basically interim results from a study of Rintiga, which is a you know cancer immunotherapy vaccine uh, in in recurrent GBM patients. Uh, and you know, surprisingly, the study showed a survival benefit uh, in in that in that study. Um, so what we're, we're going to get this weekend on Sunday morning, we'll get an update, basically what amounts to sort of final results from that study. So what we're looking for is for the benefit that we saw back in the fall to be sustained. You want to, you kind of want to see that, you know, in the final data that that uh, that the survival benefit and the other the other sort of positive efficacy and uh, results that we saw. You want to see those those maintained in the final data. Um, and then after that, you know, the company the company has already said that they're they're going to consider they're going to be talking to the FDA about uh, whether or not these data are sufficient to file on. Um, and so, you know, uh, along with the data, the company hopefully will provide some kind of update uh, from a regulatory standpoint. Well, ASCO has taken some efforts in recent years to address the issue of cost of cancer therapies through efforts to provide guidance on the value of drugs. There's a, a major session on the global perspective of value on Saturday at the meeting. Do you see any threat from an investor perspective that oncologists will have success at pushing back on cancer drug prices? You know, the, 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 the pricing issue in cancer on oncology drugs has, kind of, has been talked about at the last couple of ASCO meetings. Last year, you know, ASCO kind of used it as a, it was sort of one of their themes uh, discussing kind of the value of cancer drugs and 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 sort of bringing the bringing pricing into the discussion uh, and I expect that will happen this year. You know, it's sort of it kind of fits the general theme. And you, Danny, you and I have talked about this in the past, just about just this overall theme of you know pushback from insurance companies and PBMs in terms of uh, in terms of pricing and access to to drugs. Uh, and you know, in, in you know, in just this week we see you know we saw Express Scripts uh, you know again sort of raise the issue of of controlling costs of in in oncology and how in different ways or strategies they can you know maybe compare the effectiveness of different oncology drugs uh, you know and and maybe have uh, you know the same drug priced differently by indication depending on how effective it is. So I think that you're right. I think this is going to be you know it, it is these these meetings are mainly about the data you know and about the science, but you know you can't ignore the 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 economics uh, of the of the business as well. Any any speculation on who has the most to gain or who has the most to lose this year at ASCO? Um, no, I mean not. Again, I, I think that you know it's it's another it's going to be another strong meeting probably for the big pharma. You know these meetings. It's funny from a stock perspective. You know stocks kind of run up into it, and then and then Monday rolls around and you see stocks sell off. That's kind of the, the traditional pattern um, that we see. And I you know I don't know if that's going to happen this year, but I won't, it won't surprise me if it does. But again, I think what you're looking for, you know, I mean, investors have sort of baked in a lot of value into these, into the PD-1, the checkpoint inhibitors. So, you know, those data need to perform, you know, those studies and the, and the stuff that we're going to see at ASCO this year need to sort of beat those expectations. And as a full service reporter among the tweeting you're expected to be doing this week is covering the local beers of Chicago. Chicago's ah, been a bit, bit of a hotbed. I, I, I like my craft beer, so I, I, I hope to be uh, starting Friday night when I arrive. I hope to be... Uh, 
sampling as many as I possibly can. Well, there are more than <laughs> 60 microbreweries and nanobreweries in the in the city. Do, do you have a favorite or one you're looking to? You know, I, I don't actually have a favorite in Chicago because I don't I don't know much about Midwestern beers. I'm sort of a I'm sort of a hyper local beer guy, so I I, I tend to drink a lot of my New England Bostony beers. Um, but I, 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 I know of a couple of really good bars and restaurants to go to, so I, I'm hoping to get an education in, in sort of Midwest craft beer making. Adam Furestein, senior columnist for TheStreet.com. Adam, thanks as always. All right. Thanks, Danny. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, Subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send an email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.